Go with us to Matthew chapter 7. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. If you remain in the sanctuary, if you don't have a Bible, we'll have the scripture on the wall. But if, amen. Either way, please stand for the reading of the Word of God if you're able today. Praise God. Matthew chapter 7. Again, good to have everybody today. Praise the Lord. I don't know what your plans are for the holiday. Amen. Praise the Lord. We trust that everyone will. Amen. Be blessed. Matthew 7, we're going to begin at verse 24. Everybody got it? Say amen. 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 We're beginning, amen. We're reading the words of Jesus here. So, amen. As I always say, the words in red, amen. Ain't nothing you can do about it. They're his words. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. They're going to blast the shofar. We want you to give the Lord a man some praise that he's deserving of for the word today. Come on. Amen. Amen. I've been in these 
preachers this week more than one time as he spoke to me, amen, a hallelujah, to preach, amen, on these specific set of scriptures. You must understand that Matthew chapter 7 is a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount. Amen. The Sermon on the Mount is the very famous, amen, a message that Jesus gave. It actually begins back in chapter 5. Amen. So three whole chapters, if you think I'm long-winded. Three whole chapters, amen, that took for Jesus to preach. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. To, for Jesus to preach, amen, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Hallelujah. Amen. And Matthew chapter 7 is just a continuation of this. Hallelujah. And actually, uh, amen, he brings it to a close. But when we look at Matthew 7, we can kind of see, amen, uh, six breakdowns or six specific areas that Jesus is concluding the Sermon on the Mount. Amen. The first one is he's speaking about judging right. Amen. The second is with that he's speaking about judging others. And then he gives us three ingredients to a healthy prayer life. Then he goes on and speaks about how we should do unto others. Then he goes on and he talks about our decisions and discernment. And then he finally speaks about entering into the kingdom. Because the ultimate goal is for all of us, amen, to be ready and be saved so that we might be in eternity with the Lord. Anybody in the house amen. ready to be with the Lord? Come on, give him some praise. Scriptures. Uh, 
Hallelujah. Amen. Some people seem to think uh, the notion is, is that Jesus commanded a universal acceptance of any lifestyle or any teaching. That's the, uh, that's the uh, universal understanding that, that across the board, uh, Jesus said we're to accept any lifestyle or any teaching. But if you read later, you know, everybody hangs on that one scripture. But if you read later in verses, I believe it's 15 and 16, he commanded us to know ourselves and to know others by the fruit of their lives. Are you with me? Say with me. I'm just giving you a foundation here. Pretty simple, straightforward today. We're going to let you out when God's ready. That's right. Amen. But if Jesus commanded, and he said, judge not lest you be judged by the same judgment. Hallelujah. And if the notion that uh, he was commanding for universal acceptance of any lifestyle or any teaching or any belief or any religion any whatever it is you want to do that's outside of God's word. But then he goes down and he begins to say, hallelujah, that we must know ourselves and you will know others by their fruit. Right? You'll know them by the fruit of their life. Amen. That means there must be some sort of assessment that is necessary to figure that out. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. Because you got to take all the scriptures in context. You can't just build a foundation on one scripture and call it the truth. You have to take every power, amen, and every part of the truth and make it that foundation. So he goes on to say if you've got to know them by their fruit and they're going to know you by your fruit, then somebody's got to do some assessment and it's somebody other than God. Right? But now let's understand. We know that a Christian is called. Everybody say, I'm called. I'm called. You are called to show unconditional love, but not unconditional approval. Right. Right. Amen. I said we are called to, amen, to show unconditional love, but we are not called to show unconditional approval, especially of sin. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? But here's the key. The spirit in which someone does the judging is the key. That's the key to judge not lest you be judged by the same judgment. I don't want to hang a lot here this morning, but I want us to amen, have a renewal and a reminder hallelujah, as we are pressing because if you're like me and you're going through the night season, I said it on Thursday, I'm going through the night season. If you're in the fire, like we preached last week, you're going to be facing opportunities amen, that are going to require judgment, especially of yourself and of other people. Are you with me? Amen. And how you do that, amen, is going to determine, amen, the level of blessing and the favor that's over your life and even how quickly you may get through whatever season it is that you're going through. Are you with me today? So the spirit in which we do the judging is the key. And here's what I, a few things I just want to say about judging others. We break this command when we think the worst of others. We break this command when we only speak to others of their faults. I'm going to speak slowly. We break this command when we judge an entire life only by its worst moments. Something to think about. We break this command when we judge the hidden motives of others. Well, I think they're this and they're that. You're, you don't know that. We break this command when we judge others without considering ourselves in their same circumstances. And finally, we break this command when we judge others without being mindful that we ourselves will be judged. How often do you come back with it? Okay, well, I'm going to be judged by that same judgment that I just gave. We don't that often. Come on. Amen. I'm trying to help you not hurt you today. Amen. Hallelujah. So the, 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 the answer is, is he did not prohibit us from judging other people. But it requires us to be fair 
and to do it by a standard that we would like to be judged by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Come on. Amen. Come on. He did not tell us that we cannot. Matter of fact, he requires us to, amen, to judge the fruit of other people's lives. He requires us to judge the fruit of our lives. He requires us to allow our lives to be judged by other people. Come on, are you with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. But he requires it to be fair. And he requires it to be by a standard. Again, a man that you would like to be judged by. Because he said, whatever measure you use, you will be measured by the same. Right. Yeah. So to what extent and to the measure of judgment that you give, that same measurement is going to be given back to you. I learned in growth and in loving God first. Amen. I've got to want you to tell something. You cannot love people until you love God first. Yeah, amen. That's right. You can't love people then fall in love with God. Yeah. It don't work. Nope. I tried it. I tried it. I tried loving people without really truly understanding the love of God. And I always found myself coming up short. Amen. And I still miss the mark. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. But when you understand the love of God, when you understand that the grace and mercy upon your life has afforded you another day to make a change. It's afforded you another opportunity, amen, to be able to cry out to a God who's just, amen, to a God who's full of grace and mercy. You begin to grow and learn that that same grace and mercy is to be afforded to someone else, even when they're going 90 miles an hour through a red light and they cause you to crash into them, amen, and they go away and take no accountability for it. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. Find yourself trying to find the love of God, amen, for the person, and then find out they have been shoplifting. It's all over the evidence that's there, amen. Now you're stuck to clean up a mess. You're stuck with money coming out of your pocket. Are you understanding me? Hallelujah. Welcome to the night season, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. So you find, hallelujah, amen, that it doesn't always, amen, come easy, but it is possible. Look at your neighbor and say, I can love you unconditionally. You sit beside your spouse. God bless you. Hallelujah. I can love you unconditionally. Hallelujah. So by what measure you give it is like the measure that you will be uh, judged by the same. Amen. The rabbis taught even in Jesus' time, amen, that God had two, has two measures when it comes to judgment. One is justice and one is mercy. He judges according to justice and mercy. He is a just God. And at the end of the day, I cannot be as just as him. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, he uses two measures to judge. What measure you want God to use with you is what you should use with other people. Come on. If you want justice, if you got, want God to give you justice, if you want God to give you mercy, then you need to do the same with other people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So it, 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 it's, it's, it, and then it goes on, amen. Praise God. There's a lot more we can say about judge, not unless you be judged, but that's not the point of our message. I'm just trying to, amen, lay a foundation. Praise God. Then it goes on to speak about, amen, when you go tell a brother that they've got a splinter in their eye, hallelujah, and you've got a log in yours, amen. And he said, and he said, how can you tell that brother? That they've got a splinter in their eye when you don't even recognize that you've got a log in yours. Hallelujah. Jesus is trying to help them to understand something. Amen. You say, what is it? We can be blind to an obvious fault in our own lives. Yes. Amen. We can be blind to the fact that we have a log in ours, but man, we can find the smallest splinter in someone else. That's right. Yep. And we can say, you need to get that out of your life. You need to get that out of your eye. Because if you did, you would be able to see. That's why you all time running around rubbing your eye. Come on. Hallelujah. But, but God 
not saying, do you not see the obvious fault in your life? Do you not see the log in your eyes? Amen. So Jesus is trying to help them. Amen. Understand. Praise God. Hallelujah. That we must be careful. This is why you must be just and merciful when you are judging someone else's life based on their fruit. Okay? Now, actions don't always reflect fruit. Remember the time not too long ago you acted like a fool? That's right. But you will say that you have joy, peace, love, hope. Come on. Come on. It's not a song. That's fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is the only one that has the ability to display love, joy, hope, peace, long suffering, yeah. being Come on. Yes, sir. Right. There's nothing in this flesh, in this soulish part of me, that has the ability to love and have joy. It doesn't come automatic. So here we go back. Hallelujah. Amen. To the fire in the night season. We've got to let the Holy Spirit, amen, operate in our lives. We've got to spend some time in the inner chamber of our spirit to allow the Holy Spirit, amen, to conform us and transform us. Hallelujah. That when we lose our cool and act a fool, hallelujah, it doesn't, God doesn't say, well, there goes every bit of the fruit that you had in your life. You just have got to start all over. No, God says if you will repent and you will recognize that it is and rise up and move away from it, it will be just as if it never happened. Why can't we do that with someone else? When God does, come on, hallelujah. But the moment they act a fool, come on, now there's limits. You stay with me. Don't be so carnal-minded that you, amen, pick up what God's trying to say today. Hallelujah. Amen. There's limits, but why can't we do that with other people? Because we don't see it in ourselves. Amen. So he said that speck that's in the brother's eye, and you got that big old log in yours. <laughs> Be careful when you tell them to get it out of their eyes. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. But then, come on, everybody's like, oh yeah. Say something. <laughs> Come on, you know we get like that. Just say something. That's what the world does. They just want us to say something. They just want us to judge them and tell them, tell them what they're doing does not line up with the word of God. Hallelujah. But listen, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave that open because he went right behind that. And he said, do not cast your pearls before the swine. Do not throw what is holy unto the dogs. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Now he said, don't be judgmental, but don't throw out all discernment either. That's right. Amen. So you still, come on somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. Amen. Once you make that judgment, hallelujah, and you give them grace and mercy, doesn't mean you got to hook up with them. Amen. And connect with them and invest your time and your effort. Come on, and your money. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes you don't, you just need to keep a distance. So you ain't judging them and saying God can't save them. But you got discernment there. And if they, what was he saying? He's saying, if they do not want this truth, do not throw this truth that you have that's made you free out to somebody who obviously does not want to change. Somebody who does not want, they're determined not to receive it. And they're going to get hostile. They're going to get all upset and they're going to start by, amen, it's going to cause them to, to defame, amen, to blaspheme the name of God. I didn't say blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I said blaspheme the name of God and it's going to cause them to be negative. He said, keep it to yourself. Yeah. Hallelujah. Y'all yeah. who are that on Facebook, everybody ain't meant to say through Facebook. Yeah. And when people, amen, constantly are saying back, that shit. You thought someone said shut up, didn't you? <laughs> 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 Sorry, Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> so he's saying, don't try to give the truth to somebody who is hostile towards God. Yes. And they are determined not to receive it. Yep, that's right. Don't catch the pearls before the swine. Sometimes you just got to have discernment. You can judge. 
them by their fruit, and there's nothing wrong with that, and it's up to God whether or not they are capable of being redeemed, whether they are in the place and their heart is right, that's up to God. But it's also up to you to sometimes discern that you just need to walk away and not say a word. That's right. Amen. That's what's in your head. And you ain't like that, you're doing that. You know that's a that's abomination. Come on, somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So don't try to give the truth to somebody who you know doesn't want it. That's what he's saying. Then he goes into telling you how to pray. Man, he sure does lay it on. <laughs> Come on, he's like, all of this, amen, that's some pretty heavy stuff. Then he says, but, 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 but don't you give up on, amen, on receiving that if you ask, it shall be given. Yeah. But if it's not given, keep seeking until you find it. If you don't find it, keep knocking on the door reverently until the door yeah. is opened up amen. unto you. In other words, we should never stop praying. Hallelujah. Because yeah. we ain't always going to get the answer right away. We ain't always going to see the way through right. right away. And the door isn't always going to be open. So just keep asking, seeking, knocking. That's the key. That's yeah. the ingredients of prayer. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when you mess up, just keep asking, seeking, knocking. Come on, somebody. When, when, when they despitefully use you, when they come against you, just keep asking, seeking, knocking. Yeah. Come on. Because then he goes into talking about the giving and the giving nature of God. Amen. Would God withhold any good thing from his people? Would a son give? Would a father give his son? Come on. If he was hungry, he's going to give him bread. He's not going to deny that. Come on, somebody. Do so if you're in a constant state of denial, it's not because God's not good and because God doesn't want to give you good things. There's got to be something else that is hindering that. So he's saying, keep asking, keep thinking, keep knocking. Figure out what it is. Come on, somebody. You understand what I'm saying. Praise God. Never give up. Hallelujah. Then it goes on to the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Yes. Amen. Amen. That sums it up pretty good right there. Yeah. Just treat others the way that you would want to be treated. Yeah. Then it goes on to talk about there's two ways to get to heaven. Or, to, or let me say, let me say this, let me say it. No, that was wrong. There's two ways, two choices. Here we go. Two choices that you can make trying to get to heaven. Ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Somebody gonna take that. Somebody gonna take that clip on YouTube. Pastor Jeff said there's two ways to get to heaven. Pastor Jeff said there's two ways to get to heaven. I'm gonna play that clip on TikTok. Hey man, deliver. Come on, that's what happens. Come on, get up. Oh, hallelujah, bless us all, Jesus. Hallelujah. He talks about there being two ways. He said there's a narrow way. Amen. Praise God. And listen, he was talking about the entrance to the path of righteousness. He wasn't talking about the path. Come on, somebody. We sometimes get misconstrued. He was talking about the gate, the entrance to get on the path of righteousness. Why is it narrow? Because it's not widely accepted by very many people. Very, very many people. Hallelujah. Amen. Who are willing to pay the price to walk that path. There aren't very many people who are willing to pick up their cross and follow after him. So that way into the gate that leads to the path of righteousness is a narrow gate. Hallelujah. So that means we're going to have some suffering. We're going to have some persecution. There's going to be some prices to pay for going through that gate. But you got to keep your focus on what's at the end. And that is the reward. Hallelujah. Amen. Endure to the end and you shall be saved. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how many times you trip on the path. It doesn't matter how many times you fall. It doesn't matter how messy you get on the path. Hallelujah. What matters is if you make it to the end. Because if you get to the end, you're going to be rewarded. I need somebody that's feeling like giving up this morning to realize you don't have to give up. You just got to get up. Hallelujah. 
if you stay faithful in the night season, hallelujah, God's going to reveal, are you with me? Hallelujah, but you got to understand, hallelujah, it's hard for us to understand this or comprehend it, but we can see through this, amen, that signs are granted through superficial believers. Amen. And I don't amen. understand it, and I don't really don't want to. There'd be a lot of accountability to that. Yeah. So some things that you don't understand, you ought to praise God for. Yeah. Because you don't, you're not accountable for that understanding. Come on, I'm not yeah, kidding you. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. There, there could be a lot of factors in there, but amen, not for whatever reason, God allows, amen, praise the Lord. Can I tell you that signs, amen, miracles, and all of those are signs of a believer. They're signs of faith. Fruit is a sign or is the evidence of someone walking in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So he, so, so he said, Amen. Miracles prove nothing. Miracles, now I'm not discounting them, and I'm not saying that everyone is miracles, that is not anything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they do are not a sign of salvation. That's right. They're not a sign of that. A personal relationship. That if he is not their Lord, that's right. That means there's no real relationship of love. And fellowship Amen. with Him. That's what it That's the key. Love and fellowship yeah. with the Lord. Love and fellowship with the Lord. Amen. See, it's not spiritual works that matter, but knowing the Lord and being known by Him. That's the key. Paul, we know. Jesus, you know, but who more are you? Who are you? They cast out demons before. They were the sons of Sheba. That's what they did. They cast out devils. That's why they did. But when they went to cast out that devil, he said, hey, we know them, but who are you? Are you with me? Why did he know Paul and why did he know Jesus? Because there was a connection. There was love and fellowship connected there. There was a real relationship. Come on, somebody. Amen. It wasn't a ministry or a vocation. Are you with me? Praise God. So the real relationship is love and fellowship. Amen. The spiritual works are not going to be, amen, what matters. It's knowing the Lord and being known by Him. Because if you're not known by Him, what did He say in chapter 7? He said, I'm going to tell you, depart from me. Because I do not know you. That's right. You worked lawlessness. You lived by your own boundaries. You can't buy it. But only those who do the will of God, only those who walk in love and fellowship are, come on, are you with me? What do we say on Thursday night? What is the basic will of God for every Christian that is to be conformed? Romans 8, 29, to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. That's the basic will of God. You, be, you, you work every day, amen, praise God. You strive every day to be conformed, to be more like Jesus. All these other things are going to come, amen, going to happen in God's He says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. And when you're feeling the heat, when you're feeling like you're not going anywhere. You just got to turn around and say, hello goodness, hello mercy, I'm glad you're with me today. I'm glad you got my back. I, I know there's devils in front of me and I know I'm surrounded by all kinds of demons, but goodness and mercy are behind me. They're following me. Good morning, goodness, and the goodness of the Lord. God's been good to me. Every breath that I breathe, every step that I take, it's because of the goodness of God. I might not like what he calls good, but if it's good for him, it's going to be good for me. I may not see it till I see him, but I will see it all clearly, and that's what matters. So if nothing else, I want to get there so I can make sense of some things. Hallelujah. And my, what kind of glory are we going to be able to give him when it all makes sense? What kind of glory and praise we give him What's it going to be like when all of a sudden we see it all come together? How 
In your crown. Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord. So, now I said all that to get here. Verses 24 through 27. Because you know you gotta you gotta have you gotta you gotta have the context of what he's saying. You can't just say, people say, Lord, Lord, and I cast the devils, and leave out what he was talking about before he got to that, and then what he said after that. Yeah. You can't do that. No. You can't leave it out like that. A lot of people do. you got to bring it together. That's right. I'm trying to help us bring it together today. While we wait. <laughs> because he that waits on the Lord. It's going to have their strength for you. That's amen. right. Amen. You're going to run and you're not going to get That's weary right. anymore. Amen. You're going to walk and you're not going to trip and fall down. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And to make it even better, you're going to mount up with wings like an eagle. Hallelujah. And soar above it all. The storm is not in my Lord, my Lord. The eagle soars above the storm. Touch somebody and say, Amen. You're about to soar above the storm. You're about to go higher. Lord, did it storm last night? Hallelujah. That thunder and lightning took the last three hours of my sleep. Hallelujah. Amen. And my neighbors took the first three hours with setting off fireworks. So I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. Hallelujah. But you know what? In the spirit, I was thinking as I was laying there. Hearing the, the thunder and the amen, the sound and the rumble, I thought that's what it feels like in my soul. That's what it felt like in my soul lately. Hallelujah! But as an eagle, I can rise above the lightning. I can rise above the thunder. It doesn't have a whole somebody help me. It can beat against my house. The wind can blow and the storms can rage. Hallelujah! But if I build on the right foundation. Narrow is the gate into the way of righteousness. 
So hold on. You just, when you said yes to Jesus and you got saved, you become a storm chaser. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Who in their right mind would get right in the middle of a funnel cloud? Who in their right mind would get right in the middle, amen, of a whirlwind of a tornado? Amen. Somebody who gets sucked up. There's storm chasers out there. Hallelujah. We look back and say, what an idiot. Why would you get? Why would you get that close? Why would you even get in the middle of that? Hallelujah! That's what the devil's saying to you today. Why would you get up there? You know, you get up there and start talking about all that stuff. You know what's going to happen to you? You're going to end up in a whirlwind. You just might find yourself in a storm. Amen. Why? Because you become a storm chaser when you say yes to Jesus. Hallelujah! The world looks at us and say, "Why are you going to go church? Why do you want to live like that? Why do you want to deny yourself the pleasures of this life?" Hallelujah, because they hold no value when you understand the eternal hallelujah price that was paid up God. Somebody help me in this place. It's not the house, it's the foundation. Because we can have identical houses, but if our houses are not built on the same foundation, when the storm comes and we're all going to endure the same storms, Designed by the same builder. Jesus, God, designed this all so that the houses, they're, they're, they're pretty much have the same design. They both, now think about this, they both built houses, they both persevered in the building, and they both finished the house. That's right. Both of them are not right now on the same. On the same plane. They, they, they both were wise and foolish. They both built the house. They persevered in, in building. They, 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 they stood the test right. And they finished it. But here comes the rain. Now the rain in itself may not have a detrimental effect on either house. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Right. Yes. That rain comes from heaven. Yes. That's the God-allowed rain. Yep. Those are some of the things we don't understand. Yep. There's no searching of his understanding. Same reason we can't understand how that song, amen, there could be miracles come from superficial believers. It just is what it is. We've got to trust and know, amen, and know the difference. Yeah. Hallelujah. And the uh, discernment, praise God. So the rain comes, and the rain that comes from heaven really doesn't have a, amen, a detrimental effect on, amen, on either house. But amen, now, though, the wind starts flowing. Now the wind, both houses can feel it. Rain is, rain is coming, and the wind is blowing. Now both houses are going to feel the wind. But then the rain doesn't stop. Then the floods come. Now the floods come from the world. Come from the earth. Come on, that's where the flood came in the, in, in the days of Noah. It came up from the earth. Amen. The earth had all of that and it. It released it. Amen. It had never rained before. Amen. And they connected. Are you with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. So the rain comes from heaven. The wind comes as a result of the rain. Amen. Now the floods come. Floods comes from the earth. Now, hallelujah, as the water is rising, 
and the wind is blowing, it's now beating, amen, it's now beating those waves, amen, of floodwaters up against, amen, the house. Now, even though the houses look the same, hallelujah, amen, on the outside, now we're going to start seeing the difference because the one that's built on the sand is going to start shaking. It's going to start rattling. It's going to start moving. It's going to start giving. And everything on the inside is going to start feeling the effects of the flood and the wind. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, as the, amen, as the house begins, why is the house shaking? Because the foundation is shaking. We preached a few weeks ago, there's a shaking happening. Hallelujah. God's allowing it to expose the enemy. But those who are right with God, we don't have a thing to worry about. I don't believe it's going to destroy us. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? So there's a shaking going on. Are you seeing the parallel as God has been speaking to us the last several weeks? Hallelujah. Amen. That shaking is taking place. Hallelujah. Why is the house built on the sand beginning to shake? Because, hallelujah, as the rain began to fall, it may not have felt it in the beginning, but it was saturating the sand. Amen. And the sand, amen, already began to shift. They just didn't feel it. The sand, because sand shifts. But now the rain's coming, and it's gotten wet. And now, hallelujah, there's going to be, amen, some obvious changes, amen, in the sand. Hallelujah. Now, hallelujah, there's going to be, amen, some greater shifting. There's going to be some interference, and all of a sudden that house, hallelujah, is going to begin to shake. It's going to begin to move. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Amen. And that house is going to begin to fall apart. the same materials but how they built the house was the key Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 he talked about building the house building the house gold, silver, granite marble, precious stone but he also talked about wood, hay or straw why did he say that? because fire is going to come you don't preach that you can't escape the fire you're going to get thrown in the fire it's going to happen Hallelujah. but it will not be able to burn up Amen. That which is gold and silver and granite. Come on. It's going to burn up the wood, the hay, and the, amen, and the straw. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to burn all of that up. Praise God. But that sand settles. And then there's a sh and, and shaking and vibration can cause the sand to settle and to shift. So now it's, it's working together. Can escape the storm. And moisture is going to cause that sand to become more dense. And it's going to cause corrosion, especially with the flash floods. So now you get the picture of the house that's built on the sand on the outside. They both look the same. But now the same storm, the same, amen, the same waves, the same flood, the same wind is beating against that house. But because it's built on the rock, amen. there's no shifting, there's no changing. The house remains. But here's the thing. Jesus said when the house is built on the sand falls, it's going to be a great fall. It's not going to be just a slow, casual thing. It's going to be a sudden, sudden fall. And I'm telling you, I'm not prophesying, but I'm telling you, I feel in my spirit the exposure that's happening and that's going to continue to happen to the enemy through this shaking. Yes. There's going to be some violent falls. That's right. The Lord says You're going to see some houses that look like they were built on the rock. But God's allowing the shaking. And right now the shifting. Amen. And the settling of the sand and their foundation is, is settling and they're feeling the vibration. Come on, somebody. Yeah. God. And it's causing that shaking, is causing it to do. And there's going to be a quick, there's going to be a sudden, and going to be an abrupt and an obvious fall. Yeah. 
They may look like sheep, but they're wolves. Sometimes, right? It rains on the just and the unjust. We cannot control that. That's right. We can't control that. Sometimes it brings a flood. Sometimes it brings with a heavy winds. But look at Proverbs 10 25. I'm about to lose you. Proverbs 10. As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. The whirlwind's gonna, gonna, gonna reveal the wicked and take, pull it away, amen. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. Now, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying, hearing is not enough. Amen. He that does the will of the Father, doing is what is required. Amen. Now I don't believe that, there, that, that everybody is deliberately wanting a bad foundation. But the problem is, is they're taking no fault of it. They're not considering what they're building their house on. They're not considering the foundation. Well, see, here's the thing. It's not a question of two foundations, but it's neglecting to look at the foundation. The moral of the story is not about two foundations. It's about neglecting to look at the foundation. Come on, somebody, because you can, you, can, you, can you can pay attention to the, both foundations and build yours on sand. Go all right back to what he said before all of that leading up to verse 24. But here's the thing. I believe and resolve that it's best to test the foundation now than to wait later at judgment. Amen. So it's better to test it now. So start looking and paying attention to your foundation. Because vibration's happening. And if it's on the sand, it's going to start settling. And your house is going to start giving away. And things are going to start coming. And the winds increase and the flood rises and it starts beating up against your house. You're going to feel it. You're going to, you're going to feel the shaking, the vibration. Pretty soon it's going to be tearing it all apart. And when it falls, it's going to be a great fall. Because it's not the house. Quit looking at the house. Don't judge the house. Judge the foundation. Go all right back to judge not lest you be judged by the same judgment. Hallelujah. You can't judge the house. You got to judge the foundation. So it's not the house. Oh, man, look at all of that. All of that that they've done and they're doing and all that's accomplished. Look at that. What a fine house. But what's it built on? What's it built on? Is there true love and fellowship with Jesus? In that house. That's built on the rock. It will be. And I'd rather have a tiny shack. That's right. Built on a sure foundation. That's right. Than to have a two-story, come on somebody, mansion built on a foundation of sand. Come on That's somebody. Right. Amen. Doesn't mean people, people, people ain't going to look at your house. But you got to remember, it's not the house. It's the foundation. Right. And whatever foundation it's built on is going to determine whether you hear him say, well done, or depart from me. And finally, I didn't read it, but the last couple verses, as they come to the music, the scribes, Jesus, it says, it says here, they weren't, they weren't words in red, so I didn't want to read them and get people confused. Hallelujah. Amen. But it said it came to pass that when Jesus had ended the sermon, when he had ended the message, it said the people were astonished at his doctrine. Amen. He spoke with power and authority. with one Having a hallelujah, and not as the scribes. Amen. Because here's the thing: the scribes spoke by authority yeah. from the traditions that had already been spoken before them. Yep. You'll catch that in a minute. I said they spoke 
by the authority of the traditions that have been handed down to them, that have been spoken by their fathers and forefathers before them. Well, my grandpa said it, my grandpa believed it, and that makes it so. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Now, can I tell you, there's a lot of traditions that I don't adhere to that my grandpa, my grandma, and my mom, amen, praise God, adhere to, amen, and even the church that I grew up in, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I don't adhere to them. Are you hearing me? Praise God, amen, Jesus, amen, that the stripes spoke by that authority of what somebody else had already said, but Jesus came and spoke with authority because he was the source. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. They spoke by the authority of what somebody else had spoken, which was just a tradition. But Jesus came and spoke with authority because he was the word made flesh. So at the end of the day, take it to Jesus. And Jesus says it's okay. Don't worry about what anybody else says. Build it on that foundation. Hallelujah. Because it ain't the house. It's the foundation. Hallelujah. They were so surprised at the substance of his teaching and the manner of power and authority that he spoke it with. Amen. And you and I have that same authority and we have that same power. So today, as you stand all across this house, Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost has been doing communion with some people, ruling with some people. I felt in prayer this morning. I felt the conviction.